Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. We're on episode 69. Don't Kirsten pointed it out as though as, so. What if you guys have any gags you want to crack about that? So just, um, I have a debilitating injury. My chair is not okay. It's very squeaky. Okay, go a debilitating injury. Yes, which is because you can't see it. I'm not getting the the correct degree of attention what? and sympathy and stuff. You look fine. You look like a ten. Yeah, well, I am. Thank you, but. I was at a thing the other day and I and a very pointy, sharp no. edge of a roast potato no. got right into the roof of my mouth and, and gouged oh. a bit out of the roof of my mouth. And I love what eating. What was I eating the it's other day? Hurting. That happened to me. A food injury? It was going between my gum and my tooth. Ow, ow, ow. Up on the side. I felt it go under. It's like when you floss too hard and then it's like, oh, you wake up the next morning thinking, why are my teeth? Like there's too much flossing. So there's that. What else? I also wanted to mention, did you watch, and this is we're slightly going to be out of whack time-wise, but for our Australian listeners, did you watch the Summerton Man thing last night? No. <gasps> What's the Summerton Man thing? What? What's the Summerton Man thing? It's the greatest. You want me to say it again? What's the Summerton <laughs> Man thing? <laughs> it's the greatest murder mystery, almost, almost, the the pinnacle in Australian history. So it was a man found on the beach at Glenelg in South Australia in 1940. I'm going to get it wrong, 1948, 49. The ABC did it last night, an Australian story. I can I can condense it down really short. Do I want to watch it? Nah, condense it and I'll watch it anyway. Obviously, it's been around for a while. People know the story. Well, this won't be spoiler alert because you'll yeah. still really be fascinated. Okay. Uh, body found on beach. Labels had been cut out of his clothing. Oh, No why? one knew how he died. Don't know. A uh, few things on him, comb, a couple of other bits and pieces, and they didn't know who he was. They f- Three weeks later, they found in the fob pocket, so one of the teeny little pockets in his coat, they found this torn piece of paper from the back of a book. It said, Tamam Shud, Shud. And they eventually, I'm leaving out lots of details here, they eventually found the book that this torn out bit came from. And in the back of the book, there was some writing and a code. And so there was all this theory went this around that extreme. he was. Oh, it's amazing. You have to read it. Summerton Man. Um, and The Summerton Man book, as I, I keep saying. <laughs> the Summerton. Anyway, they buried him um, just as an unknown person. We don't know how he died. They suspected poison. I'm still perplexed by the cutting out of labels. Like, did he label his clothes? D- his no name? one knows. It's very weird. Wait, is it still not solved? No, it's still not solved. Oh, for But Christ. nearly. But nearly, we have to keep our eyes on it because one of the things written in the back of the book was a phone number that belonged to a woman. The woman had two children. They didn't mention her on the show last night, but she also had a son. That son went on to have a daughter. That daughter is still alive and living in Queensland. So it's possible that that woman now living in Queensland is the biological daughter of the dead body on the beach, that he's her grandfather. He's been buried. What until did she say happened to her grandfather? She doesn't know, and her whole life she had no idea where he was. No, she didn't even know she oh. was anything to do with it. 
and everyone's been waiting on permission to be given by the South Australian Attorney General to exhume the body. South Australian Attorney General, I reckon, probably listens to Dead Bodies podcast because he's so into it and has gone, yep, dig him up. He said dig him up. Yes. When did he say dig him up? Well, it's a she, and she said dig him up. Well, approval's been given, and now it just waits for somebody to have the money for it because it can cost like 20 grand or something. I'm saying dig it. Why isn't the government paying for that? Because they don't pay for that sort of thing. Come things. on. There's a miscarriage of justice going on here. The government should pay for that. Well, is there? Yeah. Judge Valor says we take the bill. <laughs> anyway, they're going, we'll keep our eyes Judge on Judge Valor keep likes to, to jail people and we're paying for justice. <laughs> uh, if, you are, if you're on the Dead Bodies podcast Facebook page, you, you'll find um, I put a link up there the other day to a really good story um, about the Summerton man. With all the details yes. and photographs of all the things that they found on his body. So there you are. Do you want to go first or okay, shall I? Okay, fantastic. Well, mine's just a bit of a quick, light-hearted audio situation. Oh. Do you want me to do my big, fat, confusing story before that? If it's heavy, I like to leave the listeners feeling light at the end. So maybe you go first. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'll bring it back to happiness. Well, mine's like a double banger. It's actually two a stories. I've, I've I've mixed them into the one story. And if you go first, then I can eat this delightful muffin. Eat it. I baked this afternoon. Dee has made. It's got blueberries in it. It's like a little burst of freshness. Fresh blueberries, fresh banana, and so there's some pecan the nuts story. in there. The pecan nuts. And pecan nuts. Pecan nuts. Do you love pecans? Yeah, I love all nuts. Do you ever, okay, here's what you can do with them. Put them in a frying pan, tip a bit of maple syrup on and just sort of cook them a little bit till they go all sticky and yeah. then let them cool and you can drop those into a salad with a bit of cos lettuce. They just give it a bit of, I had it in America once. How unfortunate if you had nut allergies. Have you ever heard of, I know I didn't I didn't eat nuts for a lot of my life. Right, let's get into the dead bodies. That's enough waffle. Sorry. Who's that person that hates waffle? They've gone. Excuse Anita. me. I need a sip of tea. I'm talking too much. Is it Anita? Let's just never, ever go back and check her name, but we'll just call her different Anita. names every, right. every week. Anita. Beverly, you sad <laughs> cow. You can't cop a bit of humour. Correct. Humour at the beginning. Have you ever heard of Cotard Delusion, C-O-T-A-R-D? No. It's a very rare condition, and people who suffer from it believe that they – all their body parts are dead, dying, or and don't, they want to cut them off, or don't exist. Well, do they want to cut them off? I'm trying to think if I've got any here where someone wants to cut them off. I don't know if they do. It's sometimes I called. I definitely know there's a disorder where you don't feel like your leg is your leg, and you don't feel like it should be there. This it, is it. It's dead to you and you this want is it. it off. Yes, it takes all okay. different forms and all the different ways it affects people. Yes, I don't know how I know that, but I know that's a thing. <laughs> and people like tie their legs up behind their back and just walk around on. Oh, well, that's entirely possible. I I've need got to a finish few eating. Studies. Okay, you eat. No, hold on. Oh, okay, you've got more to say. Mm-hmm. That's all wait so, while Chanel swallows. Even if they have two good legs, yes. they don't feel attached to one of them. So they'll permanently like tie it up so they don't use it. That would be really bad for the And they the, just the leg, hop around on the other leg. It? Well, they do it with their arms. I think it might have been like on my strange Where have obsession. You seen I don't know. This? I've yeah, seen a whole documentary on it cuz I remember like the guy showing this is this is the leg I hate. I tie it up, don't use it. 
perfectly good leg, <laughs> but I don't use it. I can't suit my teeth. That's what he was around. saying. Well, it does sound like it. Yeah, okay. Cotard delusion. It's sometimes called walking corpse syndrome. Oh. Um, they can feel like they're rotting. In some cases, they feel like they've never existed. And sometimes it's only about specific organs or limbs. There you go. Yes. There's your leg. Or even their soul. They think their soul is dead. And <gasps> nobody really knows what causes Chanel. it. Yes, Chanel. <laughs> Nicholas told me last night while we were in bed <laughs> yes. that animals don't have souls. Oh, no. No. Of course they do, because they're in heaven. It always happened when John Edward was doing a reading and he'd say, oh, then the dog's there. This is what I said to him. I said, no, when I've gone to – first – okay, that wasn't what I said. First, I'm scared to sip my tea when you're here because I'm going to snort. You make me laugh. First I said, oh, don't say that. That's an awful thing to say that animals don't have souls. Hmm. I think we were talking about the dogs or something. And he said it says in the Bible – he's not overly religious, by the way. He's quoting the Bible, I know. In bed. What? Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord, let me thank for in be bed. thankful for what I, I have given here today. Oh no, that's is that's what they say at the dinner table. It's not about I'm gonna to die eat, during this podcast. Yes. <laughs> let me just have a sip of my tea. What about I do my story for a bit? No? You can No, I'm not done. <laughs> so he said that animals don't have souls. Yes. And I was really upset. Yeah. And then I said no, because when I've gone to the psychic, animals I have had have been there. Yep. Yep. So they have souls. And Nicholas doesn't listen, so this is the only time I can say this without him saying something about the Bible. So go. Right. I thought you were going to say you love the animals more no. than you love him. Mm. Uh, the average age of people with Cotard delusion is about 50. It's more common in women. It's treated with electroconvulsive therapy. They do put small electric currents, not the kind of currents that you eat. Even now? Yes, they oh. pass them through the brain to create small seizures. Sometimes they use medication what? or psychotherapy. So the problem with it is that a person who thinks they've already died might stop bathing, they might stop eating, they might develop skin teeth problems because they're not looking after themselves. This um, sounds like schizophrenia as well. They can get malnutrition and starvation. Well, it, it is often related to other mental health issues. Sometimes they attempt suicide as a way to prove that they're already dead. They want to show that they can't die again. Here's a few famous cases going way back to 1788. An elderly woman was preparing a meal. She felt a draft. She then became paralysed on one side of her body. She told her daughters to dress her in a shroud and place her in a coffin. What's a shroud? Well, like a, um, uh, they wrap the body in it. You know, when they, you see a body all wrapped up all over. Like a mummy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, except they're probably, they bandaged that with a long strip. But okay. yes, funeral shroud. It's like a cloth that they wrap them in. Uh, her family laid her out so they could mourn her. And when she finally fell asleep, they undressed her and put her to bed. And she was treated with a powder of precious stones and opium. What? And her delusions went away. But they would come back every few months. Uh, in the 1880s, a French neurologist by the name of Jules Cotard, that's Pretty what it's good. named after. Pretty good saw an unusual uh, unusual patient. He called her Mademoiselle X. Yeah, he called her in his notes. She claimed to have no brain, no nerves, no chest, no stomach and no intestines. Mm. But she believed she was eternal and would live forever. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, and she, she thought she was immortal and she didn't have any insides anyway, according to her. So she didn't see any need to eat and so she died of starvation and mm. so his description of her condition is where we get the name Cotard delusion from 2008 
A New York psychiatrist reported a 53-year-old patient complained that she was dead and smelled like rotting flesh. Oh. She asked her family to take her to a morgue so she could be with the other They're dead like, no, people. We'll just take you for a wash. You'll be fine, Dale. <laughs> they called the ambulance instead. Uh, she was put into a psychiatric unit. She accused the paramedics of trying to burn her house down. Uh, but they treated her with drugs. She was released. 1996, a Scottish man had a head injury in a motorcycling accident and he began to believe that he had died from complications from the accident. Uh, he recovered from all these physical injuries and he and his mother moved from Edinburgh to South Africa and he thought that the heat in South Africa was because he was dead and that he was living in hell. Two thousand and twelve. Like a lot of these people just have schizophrenia. Well, yeah, but it's specific. It's mm. it's a specific niche. It's a niche market. It's a niche market. Yeah. 2000... Everyone who thinks they're dead this side of the room. <laughs> or if you've got a bit dead, dead souls. Everyone dead. who's talking about Jesus and, and the this is not third coming includes... of the world or whatever, you can go to the other side of the room if you and you definitely think you're alive. My horrible husbands occasionally <laughs> I mean, he works husbands. on husband. No, but he works on a building site, and they will a very bad fart. They will say it's like something died inside him. Yeah, yeah. I horrible. say that to Nicholas. It's like Do your you? insides are rotten. <laughs> oh God. Um, let me see. I've got lots of examples. I'll try and skip to the more exciting ones. Uh, there was one man in Japan, 2012. And he went to the doctors and he said, I guess I'm dead. I'd like to ask for your opinion. And the doctor oh. asked him whether a dead man could speak. And he he was like, oh, you've got a point there. You got Oh, you got me. Yes. You and his me. delusion passed. But he also believed that Kim Jong-il was a patient at the same hospital. So he's not right, is he? 2009, in Belgium, an 88-year-old man told doctors he was dead. Yep. And he was anxious that no one had buried him yet. Oh, there was another I'm, I'm woman. I'm dead and I'm concerned about when my funeral is. There was another woman who hadn't eaten or, or she said she hadn't eaten or gone to the bathroom for months, that she oh. hadn't slept in years. She said all her organs had rotted. She had no blood, um, that the doctors who monitor had taken her heart. Um, How are you, right, if you're a doctor and you go, yes. Barbara, send in my 245, <laughs> instrols your 245. They plonk themselves down opposite and it goes, oh, well, how can I help you? And they go, oh, well, I'm dead. Like, are you just going, just wait right there? I don't think it's... You walk into the yeah. cupboard, you shut the door, you just scream about why you're like you're a doctor, you've studied all this time. Then you come back out and you say, right, I'm back again. Um I'll just take your blood yes. pressure and I'll have a listen to your heart. Yes. Nurse, could you get the electromagnetic therapy yeah. brain zapper thing ready, please? I might be needing you. that. All right. <laughs> Here's the one which is leading me into my main story. We haven't even got there yet. I hope you've got plenty oh. of time. 2005 in Iran. Mm-hmm. One of the most unusual cases they have recorded of Cotard delusion. A 32-year-old man arrived at hospital saying that not only was he dead oh. – but that he had turned into a dog. Oh, God. He said that his wife had also uh, died and turned into a dog and his three daughters had turned into sheep. He Is he s- on all fours or no? That's a serious question. 
I don't think so, no. Okay, he's just, I'm a dog. I didn't look into it that much. He just thinks he's a dog. Hang on, we're getting to the bit where he explains it. Okay. He said his relatives had tried to poison him, but nothing could hurt him because God protected him even in death. He was diagnosed with Cotard's delusion and clinical lycanthropy. What's that? This is where my big story comes in. It's the mythical transformation of a person into a wolf. Here is a story about lycanthropy. Like on Harry Potter? Kind of, but not a snake. No, but there's a man that calls turns into a wolf. Oh, is there? I thought there was just the one that was a snake. Yeah, isn't it Harry's the... godfather? No, that's... Yes. Oh, I can't follow it. Oh, anyway. I, I'm so I think confused I'm right. by it. I went to the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and I was so confused. I want to go to that. It's 20 years in the future, so Harry's a grown-up. Yeah. And he's got a son. Yeah. I was confused it's a two in the part first. Play. So if you're confused one by the day. first one, the second one will. Okay. Oh, it takes a whole day. Yeah. It an entire yeah. day. <laughs> I <laughs> want to do know that. Sitting still is not a strong point for me. No. No, because someone that works over, in radio. <laughs> it's very odd that you can't sit still. Oh, I'm an antsy as fuck. I, n- I never stay. <laughs> Seriously. Stay. I never stay. Stay. For the whole show. <laughs> but I went and saw Come From Away, and it's blessedly short. It's only 100 minutes, and there's no intermission. That's what all Musical theatres should learn from that. Okay. It's very good too. Manuel Blanco Ramasanta was born in... I don't know a- where we are. What <laughs> country are we in? Italy. Oh. He was born in 1809 in Riguero, Escos, province. It's now, kind of like really German. That's a bit <laughs> Spanish. Spanish, isn't it? Uh, Manuel was originally named Manuela. And he was raised as a girl until the age of six when a doctor reassigned his sex. So at the age of eight, his family legally changed his name. So he's up against it for a what start. What year are we in? Back in the early 1800s. Wow, that's very... 1809. Um... Yes. And you can imagine they weren't as woke then. There's no one tweeting about it. And Did you just drop woke? Him. You just yeah. dropped... You like, I'm shook. <laughs> you just All dropped right. woke. Uh, he was very short. He was under five foot. Yes, has lost it. He was blonde and described as tender looking. He grew to be an adult. He worked as a dressmaker and he married. If he was alive today, he would be one of the guys on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Can't you reckon? Oh, the one okay. who dresses him. That's what yep. I, how I'm picturing him anyway. Uh, he married, but his wife died a year later. Apparently he had nothing to do with the death of it here, right? He became a travelling salesman and he sometimes worked as a guide for travellers crossing the mountains to Castile, Asturias and Cantabria. If you kill your wife and then you end up as a travelling salesman, Mm. well, if your wife dies and you become a travelling salesman, you killed your wife. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think they asked enough questions back then. I don't think they so. may have thought of themselves as fully woke, but they weren't. Stop dropping woke. In, why? In 1844, a debt collector was sent to collect some money from Roma Santa, but the debt collector was found dead. Oh. Roma Santa was charged with his murder, but he didn't appear in court, and he was judged guilty by default, and he, and he was um sentenced in absentia to 10 years jail. Now, to avoid going to jail, he went into hiding. He went to live in an abandoned shelter in Ermida. Stay with me. I know this is a bit like a history lesson at this point. I'm not sure where we're going. Okay, go. It's it's good. Uh, after a while, 
So he went into hiding, came out, reappeared in public with a false passport in the name of Antonio Gomez from Portugal. And he set up home in a little village called Rebodcheo, Rebodcheo, something like that. Uh, he helped with the harvest. He worked as a cook, a cord maker, a weaver. He was making yarn on a spinning wheel. He became very friendly with the women of the village. But several women and children who had hired Roma Santa as Were a guide. Murdered. Well, they disappeared. Yeah, right. And they weren't noticed missing at first because Roma Santa, and we've seen this little tactic before, he'd been delivering letters to their families saying, oh, arrived yes. at my destination, having a great time. You know, Oldest trick in the book, right? Postcard, here yeah. I am, you know, girls on the beach with and their buzzies out. The modern version is just send the old text messages from the phone. Mm-hmm. Saw you knocked on the he door today. Do I was yeah. sick. Uh, people got uh, suspicious. I've written a note beside this and I can't even read my own writing. Chanel's black undies. Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, all, my bl- all my undies are black. People got suspicious. I, okay. When Roma Santa started selling the clothing belonging to the missing people. Yes. Yeah, so I, that made me think that what? if all these black people undies came sus- up on eBay, I would me. go, hang on. That's, that's mine. selling uh, Chanel's but- undies. So police were told... That Roma Santa was tricking women and children into travelling with them, with him. Yes. He was then killing them and removing their fat, which he then sold because human fat at this time was Ooh. believed to cure illness. And it was meant to be superior to animal fat. So he was arrested in September 1852 and he was brought to trial in Alariz. I've no idea where any of these places are. I just said Italy because it sounded Italian, but it could be anywhere. You haven't looked. I'm not going to Google it. No. His victims were 47-year-old Manuela Garcia, her 15-year-old daughter Petra, Benita Garcia Blanco, age 34, her son Francisco, 10, Antonia, I thought it said land, but I think it's Eond, 37, her daughter Peregrina, Great name. Josefa Garcia and her 21-year-old son, Jose, and 12-year-old Maria Dolores. So, in court, Roma Santa claimed that he killed all these people because he was suffering from lycanthropy. So, just to repeat, lycanthropy is a person who believes that they can shapeshift into a wolf. Why would that mean he needed to kill people? On the night of a full moon. Well, don't wolves eat Yes. Right. So every time there was a full moon, he was doing this. He said, yep. He said he admitted to 13 murders, but he said that he had committed them as a wolf. I'll read you exactly what he said to the court. The first time I transformed was in the mountains of Kusu. I came across two ferocious looking wolves. I suddenly fell to the floor and began to feel convulsions. I rolled over three times and a few seconds later, I myself was a wolf. I was out marauding. With the other two for five days until I returned to my own body, the one you see before you today, Your Honour. The other two wolves came to me, who I thought were also wolves, changed into human form. They were from Valencia. One was called Antonio and the other Don Gennaro. They too were cursed. We attacked and ate a number of people because we were hungry. So. Free to go. No. The prosecutor called his bluff. He said, hmm, if you turn into a wolf... How about you do it right here and now for the yes. court? <laughs> he could not. That's right. Uh, Roma Santa had an answer for that. He said, no, it only lasted for 13 years and he was cured now. In fact, 
He he'd been cured the previous week. Isn't that lucky timing? Oh, just that's before he came to court. Great timing. Fabulous. So they called in some doctors who gave evidence that he was making the whole thing up. They said the subject is not insane, dim-witted, or monomaniacal. On the contrary, he is a pervert, an accomplished criminal, capable of anything, cool and collected, without goodness. So the court. What do you think they found him guilty or guilty? Acquitted him. What? They acquitted him of four of the 13 murders that he had confessed to because they had some forensic evidence that showed that those victims had, in fact, died in real wolf attacks. He was found guilty of the other nine. Maybe he was a wolf. Well, (laughs) so the other nine he was found guilty of because they showed some signs of butchering with some sort of a tool. Okay, okay. On April the 6th, 1853, Roma's sentence was sentenced to death by a garrote. But it was such an unusual case. I'm near the end of it. I know I've by gone what? on for a long time. Death by garrote. Isn't that horrible? What's like that? strangle. It's, oh, it's a, we've like looked a, that up before. Yeah, with a knot yes. in it. that cracks your windpipe. Yes. The case was so unusual that there was interest in it around the world. And it was sent to the territorial court in Akoruna, which cut the sentence to life imprisonment. And the prosecution appealed. And there was a new hearing. The original verdict was upheld that he was to die by garrote. A French hypnotist who had been following the case wrote to the Spanish Minister of Justice. Perhaps it's happening in Spain, not Italy. All those places are in Spain. Your Italian accent was wasted. Yeah. Uh, But I can still do the... Uh, the Spanish Minister of Justice, so uh, the French hypnotist wrote to, him, wrote to him to tell him that he believed that lycanthropy was real. So the Spanish Minister of Justice wrote to the Queen who pardoned Roma Santa. So instead of being killed by Garot, he was jailed for life. So the prison that he was jailed in and its records don't exist anymore, but it was widely believed that he died within a few months of arriving at the jail from stomach cancer. Oh, um, there was, though, a rumour that a guard had wanted to see him transform and because he couldn't do it or wouldn't do it or whatever, the guard lost patience and shot him. So either of those <laughs> could be true. Well, did he have a bullet wound or not? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Lycanthropy is, came to be accepted as a real medical condition caused by syphilis, rabies, I don't know what porphyria is, P-O-R-P-H. Y-R-I-L, epilepsy or belladonna poisoning. And I don't think it's such a stretch because I occasionally turn into a pig. Sorry? Just when you're eating in general or you you believe that you are a pig? No, sometimes I'm really glad that people aren't watching me. If I'm at home and I'm really hungry, I'm just shoving it into my mouth thinking this is horrible. I was at a Chinese restaurant the other day and I could not look away from a man eating. Was he down low to the plate? He was... Bowl upright to mouth. Was he Chinese? Yes. Yes, they've got a way of doing it that is so magnificent. It makes me no, hungry. No, but this man was particularly... Chopsticks? Yes. Yes. Shovel, but it was shovel, really shovel. aggressive. Yeah, but it's so good. I literally couldn't... I was dead staring him in the restaurant. <laughs> I couldn't look away from it. That's how they do it there, And he was though. talking during as well. They get it right up to... The, but that's how chopsticks are designed to be used, more as a sort of a shove it into the mouth thing. I it? think I've seen people do it efficiently, but this... Anyway, I was obsessed. No. I we, could not eat my hot pot because I couldn't stop looking at him. We Westerners do not do a good job with chopsticks. Yeah, that's we're like, true. Balance, balance, balance. We get one rice grain and we're like, you know, we want to do a lap of the room. Hooray. True. Hopeless. Um, all right, so we've got a feedback. That's a story. Edit and then, that awful... 
Hold on. Oh, she's going to. Oh, no, she's going to cough again. God almighty. It's just, I've just had these allergies. Is there anything else you want to do? Have a little vomit or a fart or something? I've had to, even prison guards at court were laughing at me today because they have to wait outside the courtroom and I had to keep coming out going. There's nothing worse than coughing. It's just in a quiet "Mm -hmm." courtroom. What about when you try and fall asleep? What? Well, if Kieran's already, you know, just falling asleep and I need to cough, I sort of lay there going. I woke, I just cough. (laughs) <laughs> or do you? I don't. I go into the ensuite and just put my whole face into what? a towel. A You're towel. so generous. I'm like, bah, bah. Yeah, he's really impatient with being woken up with stuff. Like he gets he gets punchy in the night. <laughs> no, he doesn't hit me. Sorry? But he's like, well, he wakes up punchy. Like if there's something in the room. Oh, he wakes up fighting. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like so, I just have to be careful not to disturb him. Well, Nicholas has this new app that he showed me the other day. What yes. is that on the back of your phone? It's a thing so I can hold it. Ryan Serhant has that on Million Dollar Listing New York. That's like full wanker. How about yeah, because you? my little finger gets sore from holding my phone. That's anyway, good. edit that part out. Um, Why? Nicholas, no, don't. Nicholas don't. has this app on his phone that, in. that records him snoring at night. I want. So yes. it kicks into snoring. But hold on. It kicks into snoring. <laughs> When he snores, like it kicks into recording when he snores, right? So the other morning he goes, oh, check out this app I got. That's how he sounds. Check out this app I got. <laughs> Listen, it plays. This is me snoring. He presses play. He's like, this is at 2.45. I'm like, yes, dickhead. I wake up to it. I know what you sound like when you're snoring. Is there an app that can do that? Yes. Do you want what? to know what it is? Yes, because Kieran keeps claiming that I'm snoring. <gasps> and I think he just wants to go and sleep in the spare room because he I'll wa- send, he I'll doesn't, tell you what it is. I'm, oh, God knows why. Because he wants to sneak off to golf on, on Sunday morning. That's probably him, it. Nicholas is texting me right now about if I want caponara or chicken mushroom pesto. What oh, is chicken mushroom. the sleeping yeah. app? I, I need that because I want evidence. I, it's gone on too long. <laughs> and I'm sick of having to make up the spare bed as well. He just leaves it all a mess. It's like, and I want it tidy. And it's, I don't it believe never him. is. Okay. By the end of the story, I'll know what the app is. Okay, we've got from Candice. It's feedback, but it's also a bit of a story. She says uh, she's wondering if we've ever heard of a movie called Heavenly Creatures. Vaguely. I haven't. She says it's based on a true story about two young girls, Juliet Hulme. Is it got an cool. L in it? Yeah. I think that's pronounced Hume. Hume. And Pauline Parker, who in New Zealand in 1954, oh, they killed Pauline's mother, Honora Reaper? Hmm. The film was directed Known by- her friends as Grimm. <laughs> right, right? I was Sorry. confused about the surname. Hmm. The film was directed by Peter Jackson, who made The Lord of the Rings. Hmm. I didn't watch The Lord of the Rings. I wasn't into it. I'm drinking my tea. Apologise. The girls were 15 and 16 at the time. They were juveniles. They each spent five years in jail. Candace says that Wikipedia says that on twenty on the 22nd of June, 1954, the girls and Honora Reaper went for a walk in Victoria Park in their hometown of Christchurch. Mm-hmm. On an isolated path, Hume dropped an ornamental stone so that Reaper would lean over to retrieve it. Mm. Parker had planned to hit her mother with a half brick wrapped in a stocking. The girls presumed that one blow would kill her, but it took more than 20. Oh, Horrible. No. It's really horrible, isn't and it? And once you've done one, like you're in it. You're bludgeoning oh. her to death. Oh. 
Parker and Hume stood trial in Christchurch in 1954 and were found guilty on uh, the 29th of August that same year. As they were too young to be considered for the death penalty, they were convicted and sentenced to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure. They were released separately Her five Majesty years does later. does get any pleasure out of that. I don't think she does. Wouldn't have thought so. No. Um, as far as I know, they're both still alive. Juliet moved to the UK and changed her name to Anne Perry. Mm. Pauline changed her name to Hilary Nathan and stayed in New Zealand, but was allowed to leave for England, and she now lives in Scotland. I would change my name to Katerina. Katerina? Would you like to have the nickname Kat? I think that's the cutest name ever. I like boys' names for girls. Oh. I could be Tony. With an I. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Um, Candace adds that she just read the last article again and realised there was a line which says a search of her home uncovered her diaries in which Pauline had written about the murder. <laughs> she she wrote it like that. Yes. M-O-I-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. She says you could hear my voice as she read it. You're welcome. <laughs> I swear I'm saying it like that on TV. I can hear myself saying it like that on TV when I'm meant to be being serious. Um, there were some further details about this online. So after um, committing the murder, which mm. they'd planned together, the two girls fled, covered in blood, back oh. to the tea kiosk oh. where the three of them had eaten only minutes before. They were met by Agnes and Kenneth Ritchie, who were owners of that tea shop. The girls told them that Honora had fallen and hit her head. Lila pants on fire, naughty girls. Right especially when she's been bludgeoned to death. Mm. Kenneth Ritchie went and found the body. Major lacerations were found on her head, neck and face with minor injuries to her fingers. She must have been trying to fight back. Defensive. Um, The girls met at Christchurch Girls High School and as their friendship developed, they formed an elaborate fantasy life together. They wrote plays, books and stories centred in this world. Pauline's parents became concerned that the girls' relationship might be sexual Homosexuality at the time was considered a serious mental illness. Pauline would often stay at the Humes overnight and during the holidays, but she wasn't invited in the summer of 1953. And this happened in 1954. Mm. In 1954, Juliet's parents separated and the family planned to return to England, but they were going to send Juliet to live with relatives in South Africa. Oh, South Africa. So South they were going Africa. to be um, separated. Yes. Yeah, so both girls uh, were heartbroken about being separated and made plans for Pauline to go to... South Africa. Yes, as well. Pauline was sure her mother would not let her go, and that's when the girls formed the plan. Oh, dear. After her release from prison, Juliet Hume became a successful historical detective novelist under her new name, Anne Perry. Um, since 1997, Pauline Parker has been living in the small village of Who near Strood in Kent. She runs a children's writing school. Kent sounds so much like cunt, isn't it? <laughs> it's a terrible place to live. <coughs> Where do you live? Sometimes I feel like when I say can't on TV, it sounds like that word. It does, doesn't it? But do you remember being a teenager and just having, like, there's nothing I don't think in the world as strong as that teenage girl love? Oh, yeah. And you can have it for your your best friend or for a, a a crush on a boy or a singer or someone. But that just went a little bit too far with those girls. All right. Play your funny thing for us. You're going to leave us with it? 
Yeah, I need a lozenge. What are you having now? A lozenge. I'm telling you, my throat is so itchy. I can't stop. I want to reach down my throat and scratch it. Um... Okay. Break out in a sweat when I said can't. I panic a little bit because I think, oh, what if it's live on air or something? You know. <laughs> um, I found a bit of audio. Yes. Which people may have heard because I think it's gone viral. Say something about that. <laughs> well, say wow. <laughs> Hashtag wow. Wow. Oh, is it is it a meme? Um. <laughs> oh, actually, Nicholas has replied. Yes. He said, the app is called Sleep Cycle. Thank you, Nicholas. He adds, I snored for 37 minutes last night. Right. Okay. I'm doing that tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. What have you got for us? What's what's? So trending? this is, I'm just going to say it's a funeral and at the funeral, the deceased person recorded something to be played at the funeral and I'll set the scene. We're at the cemetery and the coffin has been lowered. Hello? Hello? Let me out! Where the fuck am I? Hello? Hello? Let me out with the fucking bag in here! Where the fuck am I? Is that that priest I can hear? Let me out! Hello? Hello? I'm in the box. No, I'm fucking front of you. I'm dead. Hello again. Hello. I just called to say goodbye. I'm gonna die. I pray to say hello again. Hello. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.